1: Week six of the fantasy football season is here and we have got some big injuries, some season changing injuries to some of the most impactful players in all of best ball and all of fantasy football. We're going to break it all down here. What does this mean going forward? Even look at our new fancy leaderboards for best ball mania and drafters and see some of the top highest scoring teams. Which of these players are on those teams who could shake up fantasy football and look ahead to week six and what we can expect This week in the Best Ball Landscape, let's do it on Spike Week Sickos. Three, two, one, liftoff. You know this is uh, a, hold on, I gotta get this one out. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. You know that this is a sickness, a a show talking that we're going to dive into all sorts of uh, fun and maybe not so fun conversations, but this is totally my fault that we are uh, three minutes late because I got caught up in a conversation about Jaleel McLaughlin. And, uh, you know, should we have figured out to draft Jaleel McLaughlin over the summer and spoiler alert is no that you shouldn't have, but um those are the kinds of things we talk about here that of course you know he's a waiver wire type guy in in season long spaces but uh those are the things that i waste my time on uh you know tuesdays at around at around dinner time that uh are my fault that delayed the show but lots to talk about here clearly uh a little bit more of a somber tuesday i think for a lot of people and a lot of teams that we've drafted here but uh, i am at least kind of interested to see you know what this means, I haven't processed all of it, so I'm excited to talk it through with Jefferson and HN and James Connor and so much, and you know, already adding on to the guys that have already gotten hurt through five weeks.
0: And it actually feels like football season now. It's 6:30 p.m. <laughs> Eastern here. It's been dark for about four hours. Everyone's <laughs> going into a nice depression. Like it is football season, baby. It is seasonal depression awareness time. <laughs> we are ready. It really
1: is. It, it really is. And it is so true. Like, Oh, you drafted H and you're a genius, right? You got 30% Devin H and on your teams. Uh, well, it's dark outside uh, before dinner and he's hurt for a long time. So congratulations to that. Oh, you got some really sweet Justin Jefferson and H and, you know, uh, Mike Williams. And, you know, you got all these guys on the team. Congratulations. That team's dead. It's over. You know, it's, it's, it's fifth in the BBM uh, regular season or something. And now that dream, is over, but it is. We talked a little bit about this yesterday and and we'll continue to talk about it and have talked about it by weeks, injuries, chaos. It's, we're going to look back at the end of this season. And the things that we've been thinking about just through these first five weeks are like a lot of, it's going to be irrelevant. We're going to have different opinions, right? Justin Jefferson, who knows what happens the rest of the way with him. They're bad. They're going to be really, really bad without him. Who knows how many games they win, right? The whole, landscape shakes up we're five weeks in we think we have all this information you know we have this wealth of knowledge we know all the answers to the test and we say every year like it's early man so much chaos is going to happen and poof you know week five just immediately um obviously the one the consensus 101 goes down who knows when he'll be back and what we call the mvp of fantasy football and best ball so far in Devin h and Uh, goes down for who knows how long we don't even know exactly what's going on I don't think they've even released exactly what the injury is for him at least the last I checked you know to add on to other guys who were great picks that have gone down right Mike Williams and Nick Chubb and uh, even James Conner who we didn't we didn't really like and we weren't really on the Cardinals has been you know not amazing but producing fantasy points for sure at a decent price just so much stuff happens that like, it's easy to get caught in the roller coaster, right? You, you go, you're going up and you're feeling all that emotion of going up and then it goes down. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of more of these <laughs> that are going to happen. You can't worry too much about, you know, your stomach dropping on the last one. Cause it's going to happen a lot more by the time this, we get to the end of this road in week 17.
0: Yeah. And I was thinking about this earlier today, as we get the information on these three pre- specific players that we're going to go over and, the first thing we all do is we rush to our important best ball teams, whatever we deem our important teams, right? Quote unquote. For me, it's the Mastiff and a couple other, like a couple BBMs, a couple drafters teams. There's some I'm doing well in some in some DraftKings st- single entry stuff as well. And it's like, well, are these guys on these teams? And then it, then I started looking to see who in front of me had them. Right. So, for instance, in the Mastiff, I think I'm fourth, and that that advances six out of twelve. And I'm like, do the guys in front of me have these guys or are the guys behind me have these guys? And every one of these guys was on a team behind me. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, and would you rather on a day like this for important teams, and I know it might differ based on advance rates, but would you rather these guys be on teams that are already behind you to make it even more impossible to catch up? or would you rather be would you rather them be on teams in front of you that you're trying to catch and i can see it both ways i kind of like them being on teams behind me in single entry and stuff that advances more than two teams because it just, it just it drops that anchor more on those teams, right? Like, it's just so much harder to come back from that. Like, you're already behind and you lose Justin Jefferson. Or you're already behind and you lose Devin HN. Like, it's just – it feels like the impossible hill to climb. So, I, I think – we're not rooting for injuries, but, like, it's part of the game, as we've talked about before and all that stuff. So, like, the game theory is would you ra- – my thought process went to would I rather – be behind teams with these or in front of teams with these and I was kind of curious your thoughts on it
1: that's a really good question that I actually haven't thought but it's funny it's one of those things that we all absolutely experience right like you said the injuries and and it's not even always just injuries right guys get benched or guys get traded or just all the different layers of chaos that happen over the course of the season and every time it happens as you said you either go You know, like I'll go to draft IQ and I'm like, let me look at these Justin Jefferson. Like, you know, how many Justin Jefferson teams am I advancing? Because, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Right. How many HN teams do I have? Because they're they're in trouble. And where are they sitting? And then, like you said, my most important teams. Right. I got a couple of good. I drafted five DK555 teams. I have basically two that are good. One that's like maybe average and two that are absolutely terrible. I hit the goddamn lotto. We talk about hitting parlays in best ball, you know, like how eight leg, 10 legs, 18 leg parlays in, in best ball. I hit the parlay on all of the injured dudes on one team. And so that was kind of a, a nice thing. Like it, you don't want, like, again, you don't want injuries and you don't want your teams to suck, but at least I found Chubb, Mike Williams, Dobbins, uh, you know, like everything. I think Garrett Wilson, I want to say, is like even on that team, so he didn't get hurt, but Aaron Rodgers did, you know, and it was like mm-hmm. every, every Deontay is on that team who's going to be back, but of course, like everything. Um, but to that point, you go look, everybody does, yeah, but to, to, I haven't thought about. I think what my mind goes to first is does my team have them? Of course the, the right, first right. thing. And then I do think I look at the teams ahead of me and I, and I think I naturally, my natural reaction is caring more about the teams in front of them having me because I want to breathe more life into my team. I guess like I'm always thinking about how do I catch that team that's in front of me? How do I catch that team that's in front of me? But I actually think if I'm, if I'm really gal it, what I would want is my teams in my league it, it for to probably to be the guys behind me assuming mm-hmm. that i you know assuming that i don't have them assuming that i have a decent enough team and then in other leagues i want them to be the winning team i want them to be the you know the first place team has HN as opposed to uh the lesser teams because i want the really good teams to get knocked out by <laughs> in the other pools you know what i mean i want the right. shittier teams to come through in the other pools whereas i want to just like take my coin flip or you know less than a coin flip if i'm in fourth right I'm, I'm like it's fine bury everybody behind me so i know i'm only competing against these other these three teams or two teams or whatever so i haven't thought about that one but that's that's an interesting one because of exactly like you said everybody does it everybody goes oh shit jefferson's out I, duh. And like you're like i know i have jefferson on this one really good team do no, fuck can i survive right h mm-hmm. and i have h on uh i posted earlier today on twitter i have two really good I mean, it, drafters is going pretty well but i'm in first in the the high roller the 250 there right now and i have h and khalil herbert and my running backs were already not particularly good with those two <laughs> so we're in like we're in like brian robinson we need a good month here buddy <laughs> like we yeah. are in we yeah. are in please god brian robinson do do some stuff territory um and and I, I it's funny because I felt good. My team that's in fourteenth in the twenty dollar on drafters has H N, but actually I it's almost like I am like not happy about it so long as he returns. But I'm actually pretty good at running at, at running back there. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things it's gonna hurt. I think the team's in front of me a little more than me. Of course, it's going to hurt me because I've been using his score most weeks. But I think I can weather that storm of an a and team better maybe than some others. So that's another element to it too, right? Like is, is it, who has it around me, whether it's on, in my league or on drafters or whatever. And then can I even like make up the ground or do I have him and can I weather that storm, right? It's, it's all that nuance, but I do really like thinking about that like you mentioned.
0: Yeah, and I think it, it does depend on the format. So for me, as I was thinking about it, I like that the players behind me on the Mastiff have it when you have a 6 out of 12 advance, because yeah, it's just yeah, so different. Because if we can anchor two teams to the bottom and then we're just doing 6 out of 10 advance, like your odds of return on investment are up tremendously. Mm-hmm. But to the point you were just bringing up as you're talking about it, these injuries, they're key to every single best ball team you draft, but no more than the drafters. Teams that are just absolutely slaying with Justin Jefferson, Devon H, and some of them having James Conner, you're gonna start seeing some swings because not only are those players out, we've talked about this before. the The bye weeks are hitting, so we're yep. hitting bye weeks. We're hitting these major injuries. You're gonna start seeing some of these roller coasters you go on, and the drafters' ships specifically. And I hate to do it to you, but like in like three or four weeks, I'm probably going to be in first in the high roller. So. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, Brian
1: Robinson and Alexander Madison don't score a lot of points, I will not be in first for very long. I will tell we'll, you. We'll pass
0: uh, each other on the way. Bye. Yeah. Just say, yeah. Hey, what's up?
1: that That is for sure. Um, but it is, a, I, I do want to pull up. Uh, the we launched uh, we've had the drafters leaderboard up but we we beefed it up shout out hacker of course the wizard behind the scenes and we got a uh, best ball mania four leaderboard up as well so you can at- track the regular season stuff i know that uh, underdog wasn't able to get out a leaderboard that they were really hoping to get out so they released the csvs and allowed us to do it and of course with the wizard on the ones and twos we were able to spin that baby up in you know less than a week or whatever but uh to, I did just want to pull up the the drafter stuff. A shout out to the Spike Weakers, because you see we have it in in green here. Up there, uh, a user, a Spike Week user, and there's we have like six of the top thirty places nice. I think in the in the drafters, including obviously Cutler for life here first. Um, I think this is the. Uh, uh, <laughs> This is very true. You are a freaking nerd, my god! You are a nerd. <laughs> uh, but uh, just super quick, I wanted to run down because these uh, teams are, are kind of kind of interesting, right? Um, I think this is the. Let me refresh this because I feel like this was something different than what I was looking at. But like you said, in drafters or the the different formats, yeah. Here's BBM. Let's let's just go ahead and look at that real quick since I have it up already. Go to the premium leaderboard so you can see ownership and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, this is what I was – I had it totally wrong because I thought that the first-place team on drafters had Richardson, but it's the first-place team uh, in BBM, right? And so this team just blew my mind, but also it's in big trouble, <laughs> which is the, one of those things that it's up by you know six points in, in first, loses Anthony Richardson, who we actually haven't even talked about, right, who has been pretty impactful. Um, despite missing games, he's dropping 30 in the games that he plays, and then uh, loses a does have does have a really good running back room, generally speaking. Despite losing uh, a Chan, sorry, and has the old handcuff with with Mostert there, but the double elite tight end is certainly not something I thought that I was I was going to see, and I feel like this is one of those things where you start to get some injuries, right? So Puka's still good, but Puka's not quite as good. Cup, just not quite as good. He's still very good to have. Uh, I want him on my teams, but like, okay, Rondale, Jonathan Mingo, you know, uh, Chris Olave is your wide receiver one, and the Saints don't look awesome. And then you have double tight end, the running backs are okay, but now you only have Pickett and Howell. It's like, this team is awesome. Like, I mean, this team is absolutely awesome, but you're gonna start to hit like just a couple of injuries, and the bye weeks start, and the next thing you know, you're like, oh man like wide receiver gets real thin real fast and so that's the things are going to shake up a ton and it's not even because this team is bad this team is amazing obviously 835 points is absurd but once we reach this point and the chaos starts and the bye week start You know, it gets it gets really, really tough. It's it's hard to explain the chaos until like we'll get later in the season and the really poor not this isn't poorly built, but the poorly built teams will really struggle to weather the chaos, whereas the teams that maybe didn't even hit on everybody, but are just built to withstand the chaos are just going to rise above.
0: Well, this team also said we are going to show you that correlation is something we do not need. Do <laughs> you think I'm stacking Anthony Richardson? No. Am I stacking Kenny Pickett? No. Am I stacking Sam Howell? Absolutely not. Like, what? I, I mean, kudos to them because they're doing better than I'm doing. So, yep. We got two so. – doll- <laughs> the only correlate correlation. I, it, well, I guess
1: Rashad white and Chris Olave. So they believe in week 17 uh, correlations and they believe in handcuffing the running backs, both, both of, of which clearly proven to be good. So to be pretty good so far, but yeah, not a lot of stacking. And I think that's that We don't need to dive into like, you know, do you have to stack and all that kind of stuff? Cause obviously it's probably too m- nuanced to discuss here, but I just thought that the team was really interesting and not what you would expect to be winning a regular season contest, right? Like if you would, if you would have dreamed up the first round pick that like, where would you have said if you had to rank the top 12 and said, where would, where would you put Kelsey in your like probability of being in the first place, regular season team uh out of like the top 12, it had to be towards the bottom. Right.
0: I think it would have been, I think if you ask somebody, it would have either been top three or bottom three. I don't think Kelsey would have ever made it to anybody's middle. Right. Like, because they're like, they're thinking that the position of Kelsey, he's either scorching the earth or he's absolutely killing. No, I mean, you.
1: what about like the results? Like not knowing you've seen this oh. team. We've seen the first five. Oh, weeks. I, oh yeah.
0: I would have. I would have said bottom three for sure. Everybody I thought you else... meant before the season.
1: No, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. But before the season, I think it would have been reasonable. I'm very surprised. It's both with the results and from the offseason. No matter when you ask me this question, if you would have said Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews team, I would have said you're fucking high. There's no chance that 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 team is winning. Like, literally, I I flipped open, you know, I flipped this open today after we launched it. And I was like, this they're winning first in the regular season points. I'm like, they both they both missed Week One, didn't they? they? They both missed. He got a zero at tight end from his first two picks, or whatever, in a week, and he has the most regular season points. Just a just crazy, but also how good the first round has been, which has been a little bit of a rarity over the course of the last few years. We get some some down performances and some injuries, of course. Now we do get uh, Justin Jefferson. But, like, like my highest-scoring team uh, on underdog is Jamar Chase, which tells you a lot about how impactful the huge games are, right? Scoring 25 yeah. every week is really good. It's really important. It's, it's great. We want that. But, like, mm-hmm. when you – when you score fifty-five or whatever he did, and like the, the third highest-scoring wide receiver is like thirty, that's actually can oftentimes be a lot more impactful because you're separating from the field. And so I just thought it was really, really fascinating to uh, to see this team. And there's you know certainly some really, really good ones. Uh, again, if you're a if you're a subscriber to Spike Week, you can choose the premium leaderboard here, and that's what you can see. Obviously, the whole the whole team, the amount of points that they have added to that team, but then also their ownership percentage. So you can see like Kyron is two percent owned puka is three percent owned there was uh, a couple other interesting ones like low owned guys on here i thought really quickly uh, rip mac hollins now he's uh, <laughs> uh with uh, van jefferson coming to town but most of these teams have like a couple of these guys contributing at pretty low
0: pretty low ownership but um yeah seen a lot of elite quarterbacks after that first team it's, yeah, it's funny through. yeah
1: you get the, I, I found we talked about this All you know we talk about this every week but i think the quarterback thing still is very clearly undecided at this point. I think you can have a really good team. You know, you can have really bad teams with both, but you can have really good teams with elite quarterback or with late-round quarterback. You have to hit, right? right. You had to get, like, Howell and Ritter and, what, Purdy or something. You know, those kind of guys. Not Mac Jones and not Ryan Tannehill and not, you know, CJ Stroud you would like but then you can also obviously make a good team with elite. You can also, I guess we call fields elite, right? But you know, you can, you can make a fields team instead of there's a bunch of Allen and fields Tua has been great quarterback has definitely not been the deciding factor um, as of yet. Whereas last year it was a little more like Hertz was so much cheaper and just yeah. went scorched earth on everybody. And Lawrence kind of did too, that it was a little bit more of those guys separating as opposed to this year, it's a little more wide open.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing all different types of constructions as we as we scroll through this. You see a lot of three QBs, some two QBs. We see three tight end, two tight end, the the wide receiver allocations all over the board. Mm -hmm. Just I mean the I mean the one constant is HN. Like you had to basically uh, have them.
1: Let me see, and that's a what, what I do love about this is you. So you can search for a player and see, you know, it'll filter down to all the teams with him. <laughs> you quickly see first, second, third, fourth. Okay, fifth place doesn't have him. So fi- what's the fifth? <laughs> what's the fifth place team? Uh, Fenny thirty four has oh uh, po- Pollard. Interesting. Wow, he, wow to have, have a Pollard team up there. Tyreek Keenan, and DJ Moore got. Wow. This is really interesting. Actually, Miami stack most has most dirt to benefit from that. This guy might be the new favorite, you know, leader in the clubhouse mm-hmm. he a t- to a stack with a p- best Pollard team in the whole tournament has most dirt to benefit from, from the HN injury. Wide receivers are really good. Got Deontay coming back. Um, you know, doesn't have the Rams, which is not necessarily good, but everybody else has the right. Everybody else has HN and the Rams and he doesn't have any of those guys. So um pretty interesting interesting uh team i I would be it would be getting sweaty in the old house if i had uh Mm -hmm. fenny's fenny's team here
0: interesting tight end room as well because when we were looking we saw a lot of elites or we saw a lot of punt and he has two mid round tight ends with schultz and Komet. so his construction is really different from everybody else's so that's that's a team to like kind of bookmark he does He does stack with his quarterbacks, other than Howell, which we know like that was probably a late late round Howell pick. It would be my guess. Yeah. For this particular team, and he just was firing a third QB, maybe trying to get like some sort of backdoor stack and just missed it. But that's a that's a fun constructed team.
1: Yeah, I also like the same thing with the quarterbacks. I feel about the tight ends that. Obviously, you know, we've had different guys that have had some big games and comet as one, you know, Schultz just had his first good game and comet has had a couple, including one really big game. Uh, you know, Kittle just had so like we see Kittle on the fourth place team, he's had and comet. There is a lot of comet up here, which makes me feel really bad because I do not I did not draft, draft much Cole Komet. So that's uh probably not too shocking. But I think it's tight end is also a little bit all over the place, right? If you just I I would still call this largely punting tight end. They're both double digit round guys. It's not it's not like what we classify it in terms of like just three super late tight ends. But like most people would take three. I think most people in the field would take three with Schultz as their first tight yeah. end. And this guy just said, no, you know, I'm gonna win it with these two. And uh one with a third
0: QB instead of and the third right, tight right, end. And
1: he, right, and he's needed howl. Right. Yep. How's contributed the most point more. How's scored more points in his lineup than fucking Tua has uh, and Pickett has scored none. So he is he's needed him. Now he's set up pretty nicely for he's set up really not, like Pollard and the the uh, no HN and the, the Steelers stack. I'm not saying that the the Steelers stack is something you're excited about, but in terms of like ownership and leverage, nobody has a lot of these guys that he has up there. Um, and so this is a fun, this is a fun team. And anyway, I just thought the tight end thing was interesting because it's a little mm. similar to the quarterback where we have a lot of hard and fast rules and everybody has really strong beliefs about the onesie positions, but really like it doesn't matter that much. Like it, it really, like everything is driven by, you know, did you hit on X, Y, Z running back and wide receiver, you know, and the playoffs will be different, but for over the course of the regular season, you just need to pop a little bit, right? Cole commit gets you one, two good games. Schultz gets you one good game. That's that's only three good games in five weeks. It's not like he's like racking up tons of tight end points. Um, and so it matters a little, a little less, but I'll be interested to see how that changes too. the tight end thing will definitely evolve
0: over time. So we got team seven in the chat right now. So we should look at that team as oh. you're scrolling to it. Something I've been noticing, like not even, I, I'm noticing it even more as we go through this. Holy um, for positional allocation I don't think I'm going more than five running backs on teams next year. It just, even on like the teams that I'm, I'm waiting on RB, you're waiting on RB to hit. It just feels like five RBs is kind of where you should be for the most part based on what I'm seeing advance in some of my groupings and then what we're looking at on this board. It's almost 5-RB, 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 5-RB. And it's a a cornucopia of different types of players. So I I think that's one thing that stood out to me. But we can hit on this Team 7.
1: I think um, one big thing I would add to that is what you do see with most of these teams. Um, So like there's 6 with Rashad White as the RB1, right? ETN. As the RB one, you get five. This is kind of like how when we're building a hero running back team, you could you could maybe dra- draft six. I agree, but like Etn all the way down to right. So Montgomery was like what in the 80s, and Dylan mm-hmm. was you know around we'll pick 100, and these guys were depending upon when this was drafted anywhere from 120 yeah. to 150 or whatever. So five seems to fit These there like it's like all hero running back builds like kind of two, five, nine, two, right. Or three, five, eight, two, or whatever. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then, and then it's mostly like, well, this is, there is two, more
0: six than I thought six, six here. Um,
1: mm-hmm. five, but again, here's your super straightforward, Tony Pollard hero running back build with late ish, late ish quarterbacks. Right. So if like it, some people might take out Howell and flip him into a tight end here, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, or or take out Hal and turn him into a wide receiver, or whatever. But I think generally speaking, it's lots of these hero running back builds. And the only thing I'll say about the running back stuff is, um, right now it's going to feel better to have uh, a thinner running back room because you know it's only yeah. week; we're only through five weeks. When we get to week seventeen, like <laughs> we're going to have also true. More, we're going to have a lot even yeah. more injuries and more guys coming out of nowhere, or whatever. And so you do need to be able to weather that storm now. The, the flip side is also true. If like all five of these guys, right, just stay healthy and have big years, then yeah, you don't want those extra picks. You need to find howl or combat or whatever, but it's, it's really interesting. Let's look at uh, rough Riders team. I think I saw, I think I, I, I mentioned uh, his uh, possibly on Twitter or in discord or something like my God, can you nail the running backs? Like, especially now that we have this HN news, like any better uh, other than, I guess, Kyron. Right, doesn't have Kyron, but Ken Walker has been awesome in the fourth, fifth round. Swift obviously winning that job uh, with Philly. David Montgomery has been has been great, and then Gibbs has Gibbs has been out, so he's been awesome. And then you are in seventh without Han, but you have the other two Dolphins running backs with two superstar quarterbacks. Um, you know, Goddard finally popped up for a good game. We'll see if Friermuth comes back. Uh, the only thing is I'm fascinated to see if a wide receiver room like this can hold up because it gets, you know, Diggs is just doing his thing. DJ Moore is like the wide receiver two in fantasy, I believe. And Nico has been huge for this team, but it is, it is a little bit, a little bit thin there. So I'll be interested. I'm really, really interested to see how this team holds up with the wide receiver scoring specifically because everything else is freaking awesome. Awesome yeah. on this
0: team. It feels like it's missing a one wide receiver, like one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like take Friarmuth out of here. I know Friarmuth has contributed 18 points, so you'd be a little less or whatever, but you might've been able to make, right? If you had Puka, like put Puka on the, I know it's always easy to pick the guy who hits, right? Yeah, but like, yeah. but like, I don't know, the Kendrick Bourne week one might've added the 18 points that you needed, you know, maybe not totally 18 points, but I, just a body, like a, an upside body at wide receiver is like the one thing this team is missing from, being just unreal. And it basically already is already is unreal. And oh, this says, uh, he, uh, rough Riders says he drafted this team in June to shout out fricking June. Apparently I'm just only going to draft on underdog in <laughs> June, uh, next year. And, uh, he I drafted Dawson Knox over Sam Laporta. Um, I, I try not to just to uh, besmirch the teams that are possibly going to win five hundred thousand dollars from th- that you drafted. You clearly drafted a good team. But what the fuck are you doing?
0: drafting Dawson knocks over Sam, hey, Josh, Allen. Sam, Sam Laporta. I don't give we, a shit. We see why we see why, though. Like, I see the thought process behind it. What I think is more impressive here was a leak in my game that we were talking about. So one thing we hit on as we were going over the offseason was two running backs from one team, and Miami was one of the teams we actually pinpointed on this, where we were like, we would be fine with taking two RBs from Miami. What we should have dovetailed that into is that problem we were identifying with Tua, where we knew we liked Tua, we knew we liked Miami. We said Tua was the hardest quarterback to draft in drafts because you thought you had to have either Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and if you didn't have him, he kind of, for most people, just left your brain. You didn't even consider Tua. And here's Rough Riders with this genius idea of, <laughs> I can still double stack Tua. I just need to do it with both of his running backs. I actually kind of love it, to be honest with you. I, I think it's it's great in terms of it allows you to get your Tua exposure. It allows you to get the double stack with him in a completely unique way that I just personally wouldn't have done. And I'm making mental notes on it right now for next year. I think it's very team specific that I would do this with. But if there is a team that we are targeting sort of like Miami next year, if we decide there's another quote unquote Miami Dolphins or, or Miami Dolphins light, and we're not able to get that running back, I think we could have, it wouldn't be as good, but I think we could have even done this with Philadelphia this year. We could have yeah. said, we like Hertz. We can do it with DeAndre Swift. I mean, you know I don't like Rashad Penny, but you could have done it with both of those guys.
1: Gainwell, could of have, course.
0: could have done it with Gainwell as well and done two of the RBs with Hertz when he was a hard quarterback to stack. It would kind of, be kind of like the reverse of the two of based on where you were drafting them. But I think that's something that I'm, I'm mentally bookmarking for next year just after looking at this team
1: I, I like it i definitely these are all the kinds of things i want to spend more time thinking about and of course looking through some data but also like i said just thinking about the thought process behind it because when you when you do look at this team it's really interesting because it's definitely a first round dig second round Allen, third round debo is how he started then ken walker uh or dj more i don't remember what uh that probably dj more than ken walker but anyway um it's really, really interesting because there is feasibly no way that you could have stacked the dolphins and the bills without doing it this way. Basically. Um, I guess if Josh Allen fell to you in the, you know, the the third round that would, you know, take, so you get digs waddle Allen, then take two later. I'm sure that there are teams that, that have that, but it's, it's pretty rare, Mm -hmm. but you could also do it this way. You know what I mean? Um, And like you said, definitely nobody's doing this to a with both of his running backs, but then also having the bills side of that thing. This is a very rare team. Now I think on one hand you would much rather have, you know, a Tyreek or a waddle with your Tua in a vacuum, but like, again, we don't get to do like, this isn't a salary cap game. We don't get to just pick the players that we put on the team. You know what I mean? We are in snake drafts and we only get to do so many of them over the course of a summer. And so it's like, do you want any, dolphins and bills like and you you did 75 drafts you don't have any (laughs) bills and dolphin stacks together at a certain point you got to just fucking do it you know what i mean you can't like it's easy to say like oh i'll just let the draft come to me or whatever it's like yeah yeah yeah, but yeah but then you have zero of things that you don't want to have zero of so it's always that balance um and so i'll be thinking about this one for sure i think most years there's going to be very, very, it's going to be rare that this type of thing makes sense. And the dolphins are certainly a bit of a unicorn and the bills being so expensive, but it also doesn't have to be that thing that we learn our lesson from. It can be like, that can inspire a different idea, right? Like, uh, you know, this can inspire next year. You're like, remember when we saw rough ride of steam and he did this with the dolphins? Well, what if we tweaked it and did this, right? It's like those kinds of things that I learned the biggest lessons from. It's not just, everybody else tries to just copy the shit that worked last year. And it's like, don't do that. Like, but learn lessons from it that you can now expand upon it or or tweak it around and do something advantageous the next year. And I like this one.
0: Yeah, and if it's Hurts next year again with the two wide receivers, how can we, how can we still stack Jalen Hurts if we want Jalen Hurts? Or we might have to do it with the Dolphins again. It might be a different team, but I think that is – definitely the lesson to learn and i think the other thing to just quickly hit for the point you brought up is we kind of identify the top six or seven offenses every year and like these are the teams we want and i think even if we've built a ton of tools to see those things but writing stuff down sometimes like having a board where you write those seven teams down and just like put a check mark after you've combined those two teams or something just so that you can visually see it as you're drafting could be something for certain people, definitely myself. Cause I, it helps me when I write it sometimes to, to see the teams that I have together so that I'm making sure I'm not, I don't have five drafts left and I'm like, Oh shit, I don't have dolphins bills or, Oh shit. I have 145 teams. I have to look at my spike week tools because I don't know if I have dolphins bills right, and, right. you know, so I think using a combination of using the tools as well as, physically writing it down for myself and others might help as well
1: i totally agree just a couple other things i wanted to point out then i do want to look at the drafters uh leaderboard quickly then we can talk a little more in depth about some of these injuries and of course uh just a quick overview of week six i know the, the thumbnail says week six we'll talk about week six but um we're kind of discussing a little bit of the forward-thinking projections. Swellness Jay got to be the only f- motherfucker that drafted Brock Wright <laughs> in, uh, in 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 Ball mania and just casually sitting in 11th with the, <laughs> with with Brock Wright. At, you see, he's showing up at zero percent, so he's sub one percent. Uh So very very interesting that,
0: with that Ryan Tannehill Chigakonku. This is Big Trub's dog.
1: burner, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a team! It does have MV- MVS. Gabe Davis. You see, well, the other thing I do want to mention: a nuke is on here. This is a Titans friggin' onslaught <laughs> sitting in eleventh. In eleventh, a Titans onslaught with Brock Wright is in eleventh place. Why it's, am I poor? <laughs> <laughs> It is funny sometimes when you see these teams because we talk about, like, well, again, we'll get into next summer and we'll be diagnosing all the, this guy was a good pick, this guy was a bad pick, right? Here's what we should have done, here's what we did wrong. And then you pull up these good teams and you're like, dude, Everybody thinks all the Titans were horrible picks, and the guy is in contention to win 500 grand with a fucking Titans onslaught with Brock Wright. It's like this game is just silly. Sometimes we try to like think that we have all the answers, and he has Jamar Chase, who didn't score any points before last week. Nuke didn't score any points before last week. He's just been carried by you know the the Dolphins, right? Josh Allen's being good. Derrick Henry's been okay. His running backs have just been awesome, obviously, and then DJ Moore has been has been awesome so it's just funny you know sometimes it's like this weird layering effect of points more than it is hitting on the right guys right like if you have x player paired with x player their points end up adding up to more than other players who actually might have scored
0: more points because of just the distributions god what is, what is kitchen's underdog name because we need this might <laughs> not, be it. not
1: swellness J. <laughs> <laughs>
0: such a kitchen team That is such a kitchen team oh my god here's a
1: uh ali ali i think that's what that says ali ali uh with a very interesting team sitting in 13th uh, spike weaker here with uh four quarterbacks will two levis. of them trey La- trey lance and will levis are on this jesus game. that uh, that is fascinating the old I'm double elite f- double elite far, tight I'm end
0: four. I'm poor. <laughs> and there's teams in the top 13 with Trey Lance and Will Levis on it. And I'm poor.
1: And Izzy Abanacanda, <laughs> yeah, Izzy the <laughs> DJ DJ Chark um doesn't have oh. DJ doesn't have DJ Moore. Um CMC obviously and the the 40 this is a this, you want to talk about a, a an onslaught that is fun. It's a 49ers onslaught which is what you see yeah. here Purdy with all of them. CMC, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle on this team. And then when you have that and cousins has been good and you have a chain Mostert and David Montgomery, I'm like, yeah, you're probably scoring a lot of points, a little thin at wide receiver here too. That was a, that was something also that I noticed on a lot of teams is that even though you were saying like, Oh, it's mostly like five and six wide receiver teams, there are still a lot of teams that I'm like, Ooh, even though you have like seven or eight wide receivers, it's pretty thin. And that that's the problem when the buys hit is like, if you get any injuries, and you start having buys, it gets tough at wide receiver. So that'll be some of the uh big shakeup. Um
0: let's look just... real quick on that team. What are your thoughts on so he looked like he onslotted the 40? Well, doesn't look like he definitely onslotted <laughs> the 49ers. Oh, yeah, with both and, quarterbacks. It took both quarterbacks. But the point I was gonna make is he does this gigantic onslaught, right? And the other two QBs he goes with. Is Kirk Cousins unstacked? And I think Levis is unstacked on this team as well. Yeah. What are your thoughts on just... I don't like this team's construction. I'm just going to say that up front. I'm not trying to like talk myself into it. But in terms of onslaughting a team and then just letting the chips fall where they may with the other quarterback and not worrying about getting that stack, I don't think that's the worst-case scenario. I wouldn't have... I personally wouldn't have done it this way. I'm also not in 13th place in this goddamn tournament, so <laughs> take that as you will, but the fact that like he takes Kirk Cousins because he thinks he's the best available quarterback on the board and he just doesn't worry about getting that stack for him, it just it essentially just becomes a 49ers team with ancillary pieces around it is that Oh, is Addison on this team? Yeah. This regard,
1: that's all that's all I was gonna okay, say. Okay, I
0: missed Addison.
1: He does have Addison, but to that point, he has two elite tight ends, neither of which are Hawkinson, <laughs> right? And yeah. then he doesn't have Justin Jefferson, which is the you know the general primary stacking partner with cousins. But I, I still think even though he's stacked with, with Addison, your your point is really still totally valid. Um, mm-hmm. I mean I think I think the only issue I would say that I have with this entire team, and like you said, who who am I to say? Uh, uh my best team's like six thousandth place, and this guy's in thirteenth. So, uh, what am I, you know, throwing throwing stones in a glass house? But the Will Levis pick is definitely just the the only issue, and it's possible as an auto pick or or whatever. But if you toss Will Levis over into a wide receiver here, I think that this team is pretty awesome, even with Lance and Purdy. I know that that's crazy. I I wouldn't recommend doing that. Like a lot, but I'm going to guess it was probably an early drafted team also. It because up, right. It, it, like an early, early team because uh there's none of the kind of the late guys. Izzy is on here, which was a much more of an early type pick. And Levis, we learned late in the summer is not a thing. He's the, he's backing up Malik Willis. So I think this is a pretty early team and just by Trey Lance being drafted um, and ahead of Brock Purdy. So yeah. I don't even think that that's terrible. Honestly, like I said, I wouldn't do it a lot, but I don't think it's crazy. Um, just to lock down the 49, just say, look, I'm going all in 49ers here and I want to lock down the quarterback. The whole thesis is that the 49ers smash. So to your point, I think it's, I think that's like whether he had cousins stacked or not, I think it's totally fine. I think you prefer to have cousins with Addison or, or something, but uh, I, I, I don't see why you can't just say this team is going to go nuts all year, right? Dolphins and 49ers probably, I guess are the two main teams that you would have wanted to do that with this year. Bills to a lesser extent, their running backs just suck. And uh you just say, hey, let like you said, let the chips fall where they may. Hopefully I find hn and Mostert around the 49ers. Hopefully I find DJ Moore around the 49ers or whatever, and just be like, you know, that's this that is what it is. I also like this is definitely me uh uh being, you know, totally biased because my my team in first on drafters has uh the double uh, elite tight end with andrews and kittle um but i i think that that was interesting this year we've seen now multiple teams in the top you know 15 20 with the double elite tight end again not something i'm necessarily overreacting to or trying to draw too many judgments from but i think particularly with the falling prices of some of these guys you know so andrews third round is, is not so much falling but there were times man kittle would just plummet right he was kind of like the trevor lawrence of tight ends it's like sometimes he goes at 60 sometimes he's like there at pick 80 or whatever and it was like i think doing that kind of stuff can make a lot of sense alongside the onslaught for the regular season scoring so definitely interesting for sure i do want to look at drafters really quick because i also want to pull up some of the um teams to see yeah so shout out cutler for life sitting in first on drafters um but, unfortunately, uh, tough, tough, tough week for, for the first place team with uh, both Devin Ooh. A. Chan and Justin Jefferson on oh. here. Uh, everything else, obviously, is still really strong. CPAT is an interesting one who's only 5% owned. Um, but Waller, Chig, Everett is not inspiring a lot of confidence. At, yeah, unfortunately at for
0: you, Waller is still healthy.
1: Yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. You would like to just write it off and like le- <laughs> just let me root for Chig, man. It's not. I know that's not pretty either, but at least like I don't have to watch the Giants any anymore. The wide receivers are still good, even without Justin Jefferson, but just gonna be tough to uh, to to hang in there. But I mean, a really good team and up by five points on on second, and I I guess second doesn't have HN. Let me let me filter for the HN teams. First, and we can see which places do and don't have him. So interesting, only two in the top oh. five uh, have have AG and Obviously, we start to get more six, seven, eight. All all have right. him, but only two in the two in the top five have aging So, if I'm sitting in second and fourth and fifth, El Prez three six five, punted off tight end. Scholl Hurst, elite mm-hmm. quarterback with Jordan Love. Uh, I'm gonna call this zero running back. With Swift as yeah. the first as the first a fucking Dalvin. What is this? Dalvin <laughs> Cook? <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Chase Claypool, Devontae Parker. It tells you a lot about you just need the hits. You, you're gonna have misses. The second place team here has some misses. Um and doesn't even have H in, which is pretty crazy. But most are Swift, Montgomery, Kyron. Kyron, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty darn good. Again, here the wide receivers are pretty good not like completely blowing the doors off of everything it's like but that that can be useful right is like Michael Pittman's just going to turn out especially with Minshew now is just going to turn out good games he's maybe not going to drop 40 ever but uh just a lot of useful bodies
0: well those first four were big hits too right Diggs is crushing Keenan Allen is going nuclear DJ Moore who you can't draft is going nuclear. <laughs> Mike Evans is having a big contract year. I mean, mm-hmm. his his sixty four is deceptive because he didn't even play this last week. Right. So same for, for Keenan. He's a, he had a buy right, already. Right. So he he just absolutely hit like kind of the nuts at wide receiver early. So it's sustainability. The problem for him, to your point, is. These guys have to hit because Michael Pittman is the only other one that's really going to contribute. Shaheed sometimes, Can. but Parker yeah. is doing nothing. Chase Claypool. My favorite quote from Chase. I wish I remembered the Twitter user who did this. Um, they there was a quote from Mike McDaniel that said, We weren't looking for wide receiver help, and then somebody quote tweeted and said, You found the right guy then. <laughs>
1: That was that I I don't remember who it was either, but it got retweeted a bunch across my my timeline, and that was I mean an, <laughs> legend put it in the hall, hang it in the loo. Yeah, that was Louvre. An absolutely epic, <laughs> epic tweet. Yeah, so I mean Chase Claypool is dead, obviously, but generic Prince. It is funny, it's just funny sometimes to see some of the teams, and I, um, it's not easy to necessarily see these teams on the leaderboards that we have out there now. So I really like going through the players that are on the teams because can also be refreshing, right? Because we're like, it's so easy when we get to this point, like, ah, I didn't draft that guy. Or I ah, look at all this, <laughs> me every week, look at all these penny teams as he's, he's sitting up in the press box or whatever, you know, inactive. And it's like easy to, to lose yourself in kind of the, the frustrations of it all and not having the right combos and whiffing on some players you liked or whiffing on players you didn't like, Adam Thielen, et
0: cetera. But like, look at Eric, look at Eric, teams. Eric, yeah. look at this, look at this third. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look at this third place team. It just, I just want you to name out the running backs and then you're going to see it.
1: Oh, I love it. Behave. <laughs> first of all, the usernames here. Also, we had El Prez. We had a, what was it? What was it? Kitchen's burner. Precious J or something. Uh, swell, like Well, swell. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Swell. Some J swell. Swell J. Um, uh behave also spelled in a really funny way sounds like a failed fucking silicon valley startup you know some <laughs> app or whatever it's like it's like a, a child care app or yeah, whatever you know say,
0: it's on demand babysitters
1: <laughs> yeah. did your babysitter canceled and you can't get off work today just download behave and you'll have a d- new sitter to your house they've all been cleared with our uh you know team whatever but anyway behave behave in, in third place just said he took <laughs> he took your onslaught idea of the 49ers and said i'm gonna onslaught a team without the quarterback and just with all the goddamn running backs and he drafted every single dolphins running back alongside you talk about unique derrick henry travis Etienne, devon a chain raheem mostert and jeff wilson and joshua kelly has used 15 points from joshua kelly's somehow with this with this team uh, and has Tyreek Hill as well. So I mean <laughs> unique, unique construction here for sure. I can't really I guess okay, yeah. Uh, I got down to Thielen eventually. I was like, I can't figure out besides Tyreek where he's scoring <laughs> wide receiver points. Jacoby Myers has been good uh for two weeks. But uh yeah, Myers and Myers and Thielen
0: really carrying the rest of those those wide receivers. But that is and he walks into a department store and he sees a shirt he likes and he can't figure out which color he wants it in, so he buys every color. That's what, that's what this drafting A-Chan, Raheem, Mostert, and Jeff Wilson thing is, is. like He's like, I don't know which one I want. I'm just going to take all of them on the same <laughs> team. I love
1: it. It does feel like me uh, when I need a new just like workout shirt. I go to Target. You know, you go to like the $15 uh, Target workout section and I'm like, I'm old, man. I don't know. Just give me like five of the colors of this same fucking stupid <laughs> yeah. workout shirt. Right. Like you know, no one's ever no one's ever going to see me, you know, but it's going to get the job done. I'm going to I'm going to be fully clothed for all my workouts. And he was like, guess what? The Dolphins are going to smash it with the running backs. I don't give a shit who it is. Give me all of them. Little did he know it was only going to be two of them and they were going to both do it in every. Every week he's gonna <laughs> use both of their scores every every single week it also is funny tkel uh 31 says yeah team team three doesn't it feel like they have about 12 th- 13th round picks and at, you're not totally wrong like you start to stack them up yeah all the dolphins guys uh myers and Shahid and thielen and uh, you know uh, all these guys it's, it's it's definitely interesting to see how the teams uh, come together
0: i do want to go through just a couple uh- just my last question about this team yeah. for you How many dr- times would you have to draft on drafters this summer to get this team? You get 150 bullets usually. What bullet number, like if you had unlimited, <laughs> do you think you would get this team? Because I'm in like the millions for this team for me. There's n- just no way. There's- like I'm just looking at the players on it. No way I draft this team.
1: I mean, so. The only Derrick Henry teams and Adam Thielen teams I have are auto drafts, and so like we'll start there. I have so I have basically just assume I have zero Derrick Henry and zero Adam Thielen. I also, of course, have zero with three Dolphins running backs on it, and I literally never drafted Evan Ingram unless it was like you know, someone held a gun to my head or I'm doing something with with Trevor Lawrence. From a player perspective, it doesn't get much further. For me, it's elite quarterback. We talked about how I didn't love the elite quarterbacks. I didn't like Goddard. Like, I didn't like any of this, really. Um, And then you add in the construction with kind of two running backs I didn't totally love at the top and three Dolphins running backs and, like, millions. It would be – I would never, ever land on this team. And so, A, that's that's not to say anything negative about behave or anything. But it is – what I love is – these things can like open your eyes to be like all the shit we talk about all summer, all the rules everybody says you have to have, right. You can't reach, you can't draft DJ Moore, You can't handcuff your running backs. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't draft solo quarterback. You can't, you know, you can't do all this shit. Like none of it matters, dude. Absolutely. None of it. None of it matters. We're trying to make the smartest decisions and, and build the, you know, the best teams from a roster construction perspective. But that doesn't mean building the same way that everybody says all oh, summer you right is the optimal way to do it. And you can see this, like it really isn't anything crazy. It's different players than you. And I like, but he drafted a bunch of like quality players. And he just happened to triple stack the dolphins backfield. And guess what? It's hitting. It's all hitting. Yeah. Everything is hitting on the, on, on this team and nobody did that. Right. No, nobody drafted three Dolphins running backs. With Tyreek Kill. Yeah, with Tyreek <laughs> with with Tyree Kill, but then Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard. Not to uh, Lawrence mm-hmm. without Ridley, but with Kirk and Ingram, right? It's like, you know, none of the stuff we really say matters uh, all that much. Uh shout out But Brock make a-
0: sure you subscribe to Spike Week and watch every show we do. Exactly. Press the like and subscribe button and uh all that fun stuff.
1: Exactly. So you can come back uh, multiple times a week and hear us talk about how none of the shit matters that, uh, you know, we're talking about. But uh, I I did want to look at the Jefferson teams because I feel like um, much more so than HN, although HN teams, I think, can struggle because uh, they've been really a lot of them are often really counting on him. You know what I mean? Of course, you're counting on Jefferson. He's freaking one on one and he's been awesome. But the HN stuff. It's like the running back position is really not very good in, in fantasy football. So when you have a 13th round pick that's dropping 20-plus with a 50-burger a on his docket through five games, it's so just so freaking impactful, man. And so um, that's big. But Jefferson, y- at least H N is cheap, right? And mm-hmm. and hopefully won't be out forever. So maybe you can weather the storm, right? So like H N on the first-place team, you know, Henry obviously has Mostert, Gibson – Kyron you can weather the storm without AJ and with that running back room the problem then is Justin Jefferson right if you have somewhat thin wide receiver rooms like this is what seven seven yeah. wide receivers you know I mean nearly hit the nuts on the wide receivers outside of Puka but still like even when you have a bunch of awesome wide receivers like like, DJ Moore's not going to score 50 every week. Like, he's not even going to score 15 every week, right? Like, Keenan Allen's not going to score 20 something every single week. And you can't be counting on, you, like, shout out Curtis Samuel and, and stuff. And, like, Nico. Nico's been awesome. But we just saw what happens. Like, the, a couple weeks, he scores four fantasy points, right? And, like, you know, yep. it's tough to maintain when you're pretty thin up there. But uh, a lot less Jefferson teams up here than I thought. First, fourth, all this, all the. Sp- all the- all the spike weakers first place, fourth place, 30th place, 41st. So a little less Jefferson uh, than I thought, which I guess just speaks to the strength of the first round that he's not up there.
0: Too yeah, much more. I, I do think that that first place team that we just looked at with Jefferson, to your point, it's tough to, to replace that value, but he's got the right type of squad to do it. And that's just yep. double threading that needle, right? I know we can't get into that analogy again. We'll be here for 15 minutes explaining it to you, but especially
1: with especially with HN <laughs> a- <laughs> a- a-
0: in the conversation. Yeah. And he's changed
1: I... his name since then. It would get even more confusing. He, he's got it's a totally new name around the guy that we're talking about, <laughs> this analogy.
0: So I, I think the receivers are like the type that it's one of the better rooms for it but it's still, we look at just when it is one of the better rooms, you see Jefferson still had 103 points that you're trying to replace amongst these other guys. So it's just, it's just tough. It's so tough to do. So tough to do.
1: I totally agree. All right. We obviously talked a little bit longer on the leaderboards than uh, necessarily planned for, but uh, it was fun. I kind of like, you know, uh, digging into kind of where some things are standing. And it's like, like I said, that's a key uh beating that dead horse but it is so fascinating and and sometimes refreshing to see some of the top teams where you're like you know like i said my best team in BBM is like in like 6000 something something place i'm i'm dead to win any real money there in the regular season and so you know it can be easy to be like god i you know i screwed up so many places my teams look so bad and then you look at the top ones and you're like you know look at all those bad picks or look at all the the things that are are kind of goofy with those those top teams, and it just kind of shows you how chaotic uh, the game is. Let's talk a little bit uh, though quickly about Week Six. We don't have to dive into every single game that is happening this week, but just kind of from uh, you know the most notable games. I don't want to talk that much about bronco about Broncos Chiefs because it should be a bloodbath. Although the Broncos offense has been has been okay, it does look like Travis Kelsey is fine, uh, so that's good. No no real injury concern there. We don't know about Javante yet, so we don't really know what's shaking out in that backfield. But n- just nothing really standing out that much to me. Oh, I will say one guy that I think uh, – we keep talking about Rushy Rice. I don't want to talk about him anymore, but I, I continue to feel good about him continuing to emerge. I do you think uh, Pacheco, Pacheco is a guy I, I feel good about teams that he's on, like better than I thought I would, honestly, because you just never know. Even with CEH playing with McKinnon there, whatever – he just never really, you know, he never really popped like crazy last year. And he's popped once already this year. And I think there's just like a lot of high floor games and some some more ceiling this year than we saw last year. So I feel pretty good about Pacheco. And I, I would feel good about him on Thursday too, against that Broncos run defense.
0: And he's got control of that backfield. It's just it's just Pacheco's backfield. Um there was injury concerns and stuff with him, so it all made sense why we were a little a little worried, but Let's get into some of these other more fun games. This Bears Vikings. I know we're. I'm just skipping over Commanders Falcons because I am. But this Bears Vikings. My game two highest
1: exposure teams. You asshole. <laughs> we well, <you> just want to <laughs> skip right over Commanders. I'm sorry.
0: But I'm sorry. Let's talk about your weekly winners, Commanders Falcons team. When Cole know.
1: Turner catches two touchdowns, you're going to be really you know, upset with yourself that you are bashing my Commanders weekly winners teams. No, I'm obviously, obviously <laughs> kidding. I mean that. I love. Both of those teams for my best ball shares, yeah. but that's not like a super. The, the Falcons are going to muddy that one up. Uh, I think I will say it was nice to see both of those teams last week offensively. Obviously, Howell played well, and then the Falcons actually passed, and they're going to need to pass this week against that defense. So eh, it is what it is. But Vikings Bears is the uh, the the toilet bowl that is super super fun for fantasy <laughs> this week. Well, should sure. be
0: super fun for fantasy. What we're going to see, the Bears have that bad defense. We are going to see how the Vikings offense responds. And if they don't look good against the Bears defense this Sunday, wrap it up. Like, it's done. I don't know who you ship where. And the other, I don't know if you caught this little nugget. Schefter put out a tweet that said, you know, if Jefferson's out for four games and he comes back and basically the Vikings are one in One an eight or whatever, right? What's the incentive for Jefferson to play? That felt like a nugget that somebody chirped into his agent's ear. Jefferson's
1: agent told him that for sure.
0: Yeah, like, I'm why would I come back and play? I'm in my contract here, I'm trying to get paid. I'm not going to come back unless I'm 100%. So, a little interesting there, which is scary. So, the Vikings either need to show that they can still put up some offensive production against a bad defense, and if they can't do it against the Bears. Bears? What? How do? What <laughs> accent did I just say that in? Lions, tigers, and bears. What was it? That? Bears. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if they can't do it against Chicago, we'll go that way. Then it's done, man. Like I, I'm calling it after a week. If they can't put up more than, if they can't put up 21 points against Chicago,
1: right? Sucks for the Jefferson teams, especially now heading into this game. He would have had a monster game for sure. This is this is me. I will say needing a good Alexander Madison like next month until AJN gets back and, or, or Khalil Herbert gets back. This is at least a positive matchup to have uh, uh Madison in. And if you have Addison Hawkinson, right? These other guys, uh, KJ Osborne, you know, I, I don't, I still don't feel like it's super warm and fuzzy about KJ Osborne and, and, uh, and Addison Jordan Addison, but I mean, it, it doesn't get any better. No Justin Jefferson against the bears defense. So we'll see, we'll see what, uh, uh, (laughs) that's good. That's good from, uh, from Derek Uh, bears need to go that bears need to go on the intro. And then I do a good point from CJ. Um, if, you can weather the storm. Obviously, we were looking at regular season stuff for the first part with Justin Jefferson. But in your your normal playoff format stuff, if you can weather the storm with Jefferson, like especially if you have Jefferson, Christian Watson, or Jefferson, Aaron Jones, as, as CJ's saying here, if you can somehow weather the storm and you got you know these other guys that can get you through the regular season and Jefferson, right? Assuming Jefferson does come back and all that, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be fun. That would be very fun to to have. I think it's going to be tough. Given how good the rest of the first round is, given um, how hard it is to to craft a team around, you know Watson being a dud and Jefferson going to be a dud for a month probably or more, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely very interested uh, to see it. I did just want to say, uh, Ravens Titans is like the, the Vikings Bears is the Depression Bowl. Uh, oh, I didn't even see it. That's how Raven- much – I don't want to watch it. Right? <laughs> Ra- yeah, Ravens Titans is just like, oh my god, these two teams. Um, it should be for the sixth consecutive week a good spot for the Ravens passing game, but that would require <laughs> someone to catch a fucking pass every once in a while. I don't know if you saw they set the record for drops in a game since like 2019 or something like that. Andrews mm-hmm. had three, Zay had two, Bateman had two. Like they, they they dropped ten passes. They only threw 35. They dropped ten of 35 passes. That is unbelievable to do in an NFL game, but this is a good spot. We'll see the Titans suck. We don't even talk about them. Uh, just praying for my late season. Ty J. spear Spears shares. I don't know. I've, I've given up the rest here. Yeah, this is a good one. We talked a lot this about is a the fun bang- one. Talked a lot about the Bengals yesterday. Seahawks off a bye. Hopefully can get some offensive lineback healthy, which could help invigorate a little bit of a shootout here. But I think this could be a nice little shootout. If the Bengals What we saw, Maybe they get T back as well. Uh, Kind of continue to get a little bit better back to their normal selves on offense. Cause I do think the Seahawks offense is good. It's mm-hmm. been very inconsistent so far this year, mainly throwing the ball, but I think when they're right, they're really good passing. I don't think the Bengals defense is very good. I don't think the Seahawks defense is good. So this one's a pretty fun one to watch, uh, especially uh, obviously chase off of the, the 50 burger.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm going to look forward to this one. I'll probably be playing some DFS out of this and the Bengals are going to go to three and three. I've called like every it. Bengals win so far. I might as well continue when I think they're going to win. <laughs> well, fuck! It hasn't been that hard. They haven't won very many games. So, but I've you... only said they're going to win the weeks win-
1: <laughs> that they've won. That's true. That is that is true. This is a good one. Yeah, JT JT Devontae. Um, don't get Rob started on Devontae. Don't get me started on Devontae yeah. <laughs> either. But uh, I am also rooting for for Jonathan Taylor. I have the. I believe I have the best Jonathan Taylor team on drafters. So uh, we need him to come through right when the HN uh, uh, stuff is, uh, is fading out. But unfortunately Zach Moss has uh, something to say about Jonathan Taylor uh, coming through maybe a little bit better real life game than fantasy game uh, 49ers Browns. But one thing I'll say, the Browns have a good defense. We don't know if Watson's going to play, which is an issue for a potential little bit of back and forth, but I think the 49ers can we, can, can we just, with the, with the matchups and the defense and all of that kind of stuff. Can we, can we admit that none of that shit matters for the San Francisco 49ers? Like if you were worried about 49ers against Washington and you know, with your, you're putting your, uh, your weather cap on or your week 17 defensive matchups cap on like a Washington's defense is horrendous. So we were wrong about if we thought that they were good and B it doesn't matter how good the defense is against the 49ers because they're amazing and they're unstoppable and no defense is going to have me concerned. If you have a 49ers player, good. You want them on your team.
0: Yeah, and this total is at 37 and a half. And the 49ers have put up 30 every single game, 30 plus every <laughs> game. Ooh, it might just be time to hit that over just because San Francisco's playing. And you don't even worry about the other team if it's a a 37-and-a-half
1: half. They're going to score 30, so can the Browns score once?
0: Probably not, but, you know, we can hope. And you know that Watson is doing everything he can to not play this game, so So my money's guaranteed, bro. I don't got to play shit.
1: yeah exactly he he let's not bring it back against the 49ers he's like i just saw what they did to dak let's go <laughs> ahead and sit this one out let uh i don't I, I think they said they're not going to play dtr either if uh if uh, uh watson doesn't play so yeah just a, a train wreck honestly five. i know it's on the road but five and a half with watson banged up feels feels pretty good here's another just dreadful i know the texans have been fun like we're all excited. I feel good about your Nico tank Dell CJ Stroud teams, Dalton Schultz, whatever. A hundred percent. But this one, I don't have yeah. a lot, lot to say. The Saints have been a very big disappointment for me thus far.
0: Kamara, I mean, Kamara yeah,
1: yeah, Kamara. Kamara I think uh, feel good about the Kamara teams for sure. They uh, there was a couple up on some of the tops of the leaderboards that uh, I think people should be really excited about because not that he's like even looked awesome, but my God, they're feeding him the rock, and that's all that really matters. So. Uh, Mm -hmm. gotten the paint gotten the paint this week Colts Jags uh, not so much from a best ball perspective but I am I am like gonna be locked into this one a little bit more than I maybe thought I would have um, because I want to see the Jags need to string together some good performances (laughs) as opposed to just every once in a while popping up with a big game like they did Mm -hmm. in London against the Bills and then fading back into uh, inconsistency whereas the Colts I mean This is a battle for the division. They're both three and two. The Colts obviously know Richardson, but Minshew has been very good for them. And so from a fantasy lens, the receivers will be a little better with Minshew. And I think the Colts are just better than we thought. And are the Jags actually going to come out and dominate like they should? Or are they going to go back into their shell like they do often? And so uh, I'm actually pretty interested to see this one more so than a lot of these other games on this site.
0: Yeah, we need to see that passing attack just string it together. and They seem – Lawrence seems to get better as the season goes on, so I'm going to be looking forward to that one. I'm not going to be looking forward to this next one. No.
1: <laughs> if, you had be a hand, if you had A-chan, you're really tilting your face off because we're like, it, couldn't you just get us one more week because you got the Panthers coming to town and he was going to drop another 200 yards or whatever on this pathetic defense, but now Mostert – um uh, the, the 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 triple stacking Dolphins guys probably feeling good if Jeff Wilson comes back. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, it's just it's going to be a bloodbath. The Panthers stink. See dogs, dogs know, don't dogs, even want to watch it. Dogs know the Panthers. Dogs know the Panthers stink. Dolphins going to put up another bunch of fantasy points. It just depends who gets the touchdowns because they're going to score like six of them. So um, my God, Patriots Raiders.
0: Patriots uh, East first. Uh, Patriots West.
1: This just keeps getting worse. This this list just keeps getting worse. <laughs> This slate um, sucks. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: if, if, if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time to, I don't know what's going on, to uh, for the Patriots to actually produce some fantasy points. I mean, this is this is their shot because they can't do it against anybody else. And they, they have had a tough they have had a tough uh, slate of defenses. You know, if we really want to try to dig deep here, but I don't know. It's a mess.
0: Yeah, it's it's the Patriots are going to win this game surprise not surprisingly like they're gonna be josh mcdaniels It's just a thing they're gonna do the raiders stink i know they just won but they stink yeah so if you're looking to do some betting i would throw patriots on a parlay or two just to boost that number here and there i
1: like it uh lions bucks interesting game from a probably a real life angle because the bucks are so much better than we thought and the lions are continuing to churn out some wins both defenses have also been a lot better than, than expected. The Lions got kind of shredded by the Seahawks, but other than that one game, they've played really well on on defense. Um, and the Bucks, the, Bucks, the Bucks, outside of like the Big Mike Evans game haven't really been all that fruitful for, for fantasy and they're playing you know kind of slow and playing good defense and I'll watch, of course, after an afternoon game. We only get so many of those. But uh, kind of another one where I'm more interested from a real-life perspective. And, you know, David Montgomery is good if there's no Gibbs. Laporte is still good, right? ASB is going to be back, and it's all well and good. It's just, like, not one of the most fantasy exciting games for me on, the, on this league.
0: I do want to see what Evans does in this game coming off the bye week. Tweaked his hamstring because, God forbid, he doesn't tweak his hamstring every <laughs> other game. Yeah. Um, so to see if they're still targeting him at a high rate and down the field will be nice to see because he still might be a trade target i know they're they're overperforming versus what we thought and it's been quiet on the trade front but i wouldn't be shocked if they still pull the trigger on a trade for one of those two wideouts.
1: they're 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 not gonna like hang up if you call in and, and try to talk yeah. about it right yeah. um it's probably the price has gone up <laughs> i'm sure since uh since the, the the winning start and and since mike evans having a good start but uh yeah uh, i i don't think you it's not over yet for a potential <clears throat> trade there. Cardinals Rams. Now, now we're talking and that sounds crazy, but uh, your move, James Connor Cardinals have been a lot more functional on offense, although they were, they struggled a little bit this past week. And uh, I don't know if I said this yesterday to you, or I said it Sunday um, on the show that uh, I, I I'm just in on this Rams offense. Like I'm yeah. all the way in uh, yeah. as long as Matthew Stafford is healthy. Like even with some of the issues on the offensive line, I know they only only scored fourteen points last week, but that was, um, I think, actually a little bit fluky. No matter what happens, no matter their matchup, they moved the ball up and down the field. They they looked unreal in the first half with both cup, you know, cup and Puka just kind of dominating. Um, Tutu who did have one bad drop. They're just. They're just good. It's just a really good offense. Uh, so I mean, you see a 48 and a half total here. Compare that to uh what was the, the 49ers total? It's 38 and a half. So you yeah. see the difference in offensive expectation here.
0: I bet the under on this game, though. We got a division game. The Cardinals seem to be kind of coming back down to what we thought they were gonna be. Connor out. I think that's an easy game to bet the under on, to be perfectly honest. I still think the Rams, you know, cook, but I, I just think that the Cardinals aren't gonna hang on that game. Looks
1: like, uh, uh, yeah, with, with James Connor out, this would have been the time. Shout out to our, our good friend and uh, Spike Weaker, Silas, uh, who was uh, driving the Keontae Ingram bus for the last two years. Connor finally goes <laughs> down, and I don't think Keontae's is healthy, and he also might have got Wally pipped by uh, Emory, uh, Amari, Emery, I don't know how to say his first name, Amari no Di Mercado. <laughs> yeah, from Kendra Miller's backup at ccu T- just wally pipped Keontae ingram uh weird situation going on out there but uh we'll see eagles jets i got nothing um, um was, the only the thing- breeze game was really fun last week but it ain't yeah, gonna happen yeah. this week
0: no but this is like so this just from a dfs perspective this feels like the perfect game to get like a jalen hurt stack because people are gonna be so scared of this jets Defense that hurts can just explode at really low ownership and just win you all the money, right? So, I think that's something to keep an eye on when you're building teams. Two games I am
1: much more excited about, uh, again, mostly from a, a best ball angle. Yeah, uh, Bills, Bills, Giants on Sunday night football, not because the game is going to be good, not because I'm excited for any Giants, but if you have Bills on your team. How many points are they about to go hang? Like, how bad are they going to whip up on on the Giants, especially Daniel Jones possibly hurt? That yeah, it, it, this should be. I mean, as you see, with a fourteen point spread, should be a good old fashioned butt whooping. I am not. I, I just want to get this out of the way because I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly contradict myself. I'm not actually get hopeful for Damian Harris in this game. Okay, I'm ex- expecting another one point eight fantasy points. However, the reverse
0: jinx. I gotcha. If
1: there were ever going to be. <laughs> A game where he did something this year, theoretically, this sets up for the 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 Damien the Damian Harris game. It's not gonna happen, but just let me you know.
0: Okay. You can't you can't go reverse, 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 jinx. That's the whole That's point. That's what you just tried to do. You
1: put so much chaos out there in the world <laughs> that even the even the fantasy football gods don't know what to do.
0: <laughs> you just you just went reverse, 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 reverse. It was uh reminiscent to Elijah Moore. Running back forty yards and getting tackled. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, can we just not put the Giants in primetime games every week? Don't can they we have like three going? more?
1: I think they have like three more. Dude,
0: it's games. this is this is agony. Let's cut this shit out. They got this is the third or fourth one already this year. We don't we don't want to see the Giants in primetime. I know they're from New York. Guess what? It's 2023. Markets don't matter as much anymore. Right? They still matter a little bit, but people just want to watch football specifically for fantasy purposes. Your ratings are going to be through the roof, anyways. You don't need to pad it by putting the goddamn Giants that nobody wants to see. I'm probably not going to watch the second half of this game, at least oh, after no. the Bills <laughs> come out and just just stomp a mud hole in them. It, yeah, it's just going to be
1: 35 nothing at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like,
0: Jesus you want to hold ratings don't put the giants on there like i I don't think you should do it with any team just because you never know what could happen in the course of a season but of all teams the giants to do it with i would have understood the eagles i would have understood the 49ers hell the bills you know a fun team like miami the chiefs but the giants are getting every prime time game nfl let's relax yeah you know
1: Miami, San Francisco, noted tiny markets, right? We we can't yeah. we, we we can't we can't have have teams from Miami and San Francisco and LA and all. We can't put those on <laughs> got to go to New York. everything is so New York. It's it's I I know it's huge and all that kind of stuff, but it is it is a little bit silly. Last one, and maybe the game of the week, one of certainly one of the games of the week. Cowboys Chargers, Chargers fresh off of their by Cowboys fresh off of <laughs> The, the team basically took a buy uh, yeah. in in that game. They certainly did not show up to, to play against uh, the 49ers took a whooping. And uh, I'm, I'm interested. The Cowboys offense has been incredibly underwhelming all season, mm-hmm. even in the games where they're winning 40 to nothing or whatever. They've been terrible on offense. Um, at least even when they're moving the ball, they peter out in the red zone. It's been bad. It's been really bad. Um, I, keep assuming better days are ahead, but this will be the time. Like if better days are not ahead against the chargers off of that ass kicking you just took, then I do think it's start, you know, panic meter time comes, comes in Dallas, but I suspect we'll get some, you know, we'll get some scoring here uh, against the chargers and the Cowboys defense while still good up front is clearly, you know, it's the 49ers, but it, it, they're they're much more vulnerable now, right? No Travon Diggs banged and, up,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and hurt hurt. Um, so I I think we'll have some some fun fun fireworks here.
0: Funny how your offense becomes stagnant when you get rid of the offensive coordinator that just wanted to score all the points and that was your negative. You wanted to score too much. I bet you wish you were scoring some points right now. I bet you wish you were able to put some points on the board in, in Dallas at the moment. And to Hacker's point, now they're playing against Kellen Moore, and you want to talk about a coach revenge narrative? I wouldn't be shocked if Kellen Moore just is like, well, "Let's just hang whatever we can hang on these guys," and he had two weeks to plan for him too. Is the other thing? Absolutely. So. I
1: I I mean, I'm rooting for him. I don't really have allegiances to either of those of those teams. I couldn't care less about the the Chargers, but. The Cowboys, like, scapegoated this dude who was the least of their concerns. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I don't understand. It's like, it's one thing, like, you know, Brandon Staley has made a lot of, you know, it, it, analytics decisions. All he's doing is being aggressive, going for it a lot. And But if people want to slander him for doing that, that's fine. Because he's the one making the decision. You may disagree with it. That's fine. But, like, they scapegoated Kellen Moore when he was, like, one of the best OC- – Like, it didn't make it the, – the, the, there was – none of it made any sense right like he was the guy actually one of the few coaches and decision makers front office people any of that making your team better and they turned him into the problem and now hmm what a fucking surprise mike mccarthy's back calling the plays and your offense can't score any can't score any points when your defense doesn't have two pick sixes you're losing you know to the cardinals and you're getting destroyed by the 49ers just not a surprise. Couldn't happen to a better franchise in the old Dallas, <laughs> love Dallas it. Love Cowboys. It so much. But uh, that is about it. Um, we'll be back, uh, of course, every Monday Monday and Tuesday. Monday's kind of recapping what happened here in this week six Tuesday is kind of a little bit of a look ahead. We'll definitely be mixing in, as I mentioned a little bit last night, resurrection drafts. And certainly when playoff best ball gets here, some DK in season stuff and uh, NBA, we're going to be mixing in all sorts of that different stuff. We'll also mix in things like we did with the leaderboard here today. We're keeping it flexible, trying to keep it fresh and light, but I know Rob's got to run to go talk about, Some ghosts. I've been looking at ghosts in my best ball lineups uh, all day. Uh, Rob's got to talk about some actual ghosts, but anything you got before we get out of here?
0: Just in terms of the ghost, I know it's spooky season, so I'm just going to bring it up. Go back and listen to last week's hometown hometown ghost stories episode, episode 99, um, the house of death in New York City. It's not about the New York Giants, I promise you. (laughs) It's the house of death. We had the narrator from scare you to sleep come in and do the opening ghost story i don't know how i do another show she absolutely crushed it (laughs) just absolutely crushed it so go to hometown ghost stories look for that episode specifically listen to that opening story because it was amazing i wrote it but she just absolutely nailed it so
1: i love it make sure you go go check that out and uh if you're not make sure you're subscribed to the channel because we got lots and lots of good stuff coming out and go check out that leaderboard i'll make sure and try to get a uh at get the link added to the description but also it's just spikeweek.com look in the header there's something called leaderboards you'll be able to find it find it from there but for myself rob all the dogs and all the ghosts during spooky season we'll see you guys next week peace
0: peace those were some spicy takes want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're gonna have over here at spike week why don't you press that subscribe button below you turn notifications on we draft a team boom you know about it we have another spicy take boom you know about it you can be there you can draft with us you want to stay up to date that's how you do it all right we'll catch you later next time here at spike week